Hey, Zach. Hey, Steven. So this is a weird episode, Zach. Yes, it is. It's I'm I'm feeling weird already. <laughs> uh, this is a weird episode because we're not doing it on our normal schedule, our normal Worrying Bugs Fortnite. The episode after we established it, uh, after we established the term, we're deviating from it. Well, this isn't necessarily the episode after, is it? At the time of the recording, it is. Okay. This is the recording after the establishment of the Worrying Bugs Fortnite. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't just batch record these all in one day and then release them out slowly over the year. That would be a lot smarter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, this episode is going to be a little out of time. We're not going to talk about anything time sensitive because we don't really know when this episode's going to be released. So really, the idea is that we um, have a little bit of buffer so that we can just you know go with the flow. We can just, if something comes up, uh, like finals or something like that, we can throw this episode in your feed instead of uh, having to record one. So, Zach, when you're taking your final, is it a good idea to get super worked up and panic? No, generally it's not. Unless that's how you're, uh, if you were in a state of panic while you were studying, I think um, it just does you well <laughs> to be in the same state that you are in when you were studying. Okay. I think that's that's proven. So, sleep deprived and... Generally dehydrated. Highly caffeinated, yeah. Okay. This is not good advice. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, but no, you should be very zenful when you're taking your final. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let it, let it be what is. Yeah. So per- maybe we could go through some stories and analyze them for their zen. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm down. We can, <laughs> we can zen. Um, so this is a life hacker article entitled Seven Zen Stories That Could Open Up Your Mind. And I don't think they will, but we're going to read them anyway. <laughs> uh, the first one is called 30 Years. A fellow went to a Zen master and said, If I work very hard, how soon can I become enlightened? The Zen master looked him up and down and said, 10 years. The fellow said, No, listen, I mean, if I really work at it, how long? The Zen master cut him off. I'm sorry, I misjudged. Twenty years. Wait, said the young man. You don't understand. I'm... Thirty years, said the Zen master. Okay, Zach, so what's going on here? Uh, 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 I was gonna call him a young man. Yes, he's a young man. Yes. He's impatient. That's... Yeah, and I think that is uh, opposite to the Zen mindset, and that's why the Zen master keeps saying another uh, 10 years every time he says something impatient. Yeah. So what can we take away from this? Uh, know what you're getting into. (laughs) Okay. Um, Like, like, don't, don't go to VidCon without a vlogging camera. That's the... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is going to be harder than I thought. Um, (laughs) Why is that? Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe just... I don't know what to make of this other than the obvious. Yeah, so that's you gotta gotta delve a layer deeper. Okay. Gotta dig um, into this five line story and get all the. Okay, so why ten years? Do you think? Why? Mm. Well, I just keep adding ten years. Why not five or seven? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> An important question. I agree. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm prepared to answer it. I I myself might not be Zen enough to know. Are you not enlightened? I guess not. Wow. If I, 
I wonder what enlightenment entails to this young man. Like, mm. what what is he what is he looking for? Being real good at Zen, but yeah, I. I understand like Zen is more a lifestyle. You like have to release some part of yourself that mm-hmm. it that the part of yourself that cares about um silly things i guess does that make sense that's yeah, why i take away from material them. or yeah. things that aren't like that don't necessarily improve your life mm-hmm. i think it's interesting that this was posted on lifehacker because there are also a lot of lifehacker articles about five easy ways to right <laughs> change your life in 10 minutes yeah Okay, let's move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. This one's called Muddy Road. Tanzan and Ekido were once traveling together down a muddy road. A heavy rain was still falling. Coming around a bend, they met a lovely girl in a silk kimono and sash, unable to cross the intersection. Come on, girl, said Tanzan at once, lifting her in his arms. He carried her over the mud. Ekido did not speak again until that night, when they reached a lodging temple. Then he could no longer restrain himself. We monks don't go near females, he told Tanzan, especially not young and lovely ones. It is dangerous. Why did you do that? I left the girl there, said Tanzan. Are you still carrying her? Ooh. Okay. So I'm getting from Tanzan's last statement. He said that he left her there physically and emotionally. He mm-hmm. just kind of forgot about her after that After that yep. um, encounter. But Akito is still thinking about her. So who's really mm. in the wrong? Mm. Let let bygones be bygones as a to yeah. just be another idiomatic quick. Yeah, parable's and, the wrong word, but. And Tanzan's just doing a nice thing for a fellow human being. Mm-hmm. Do you? How good do you think you are at at this? I guess the impatient one too. If these are things that you need to work on to be to. Uh, achieve zen to become zen be zen uh live zen like perhaps yeah zenny zenny get zenny live zenly it's an adverb now uh i don't know how like i don't really i don't consider myself to be zen but i i mean looking around i feel like i'm more so than my peers i feel like I'm more humble than you is a interesting statement. <laughs> well, I'm much more relaxed. I'm much much better at not caring about comparing myself to my peers than my peers are. I didn't say that. I am very <laughs> vain and very um, narcissistic at times. However, my ability to recognize that is the difference. Mm, okay. My peers don't always know when they are exhibiting their character flaws. I tend to know. Fair enough. Which is not Zen by any means. No. But but it's it's on the path to enlightenment. Yeah. See? How about you, Zach? Um I don't know, there are definitely encounters I'll have that will just get stuck in my head, so this most recent one, the muddy road one. Uh I, I guess it It's also interesting, um, the titling. Just I'm gonna very quickly diverge away from the topic of okay. my own flaws. Who who wants to talk about those? <laughs> uh um, I noticed it's interesting that the the naming of the last one was 30 years, which was like the very last line. Right. And the naming of this one is Muddy Road, which was the first line. So mm-hmm. that is interesting. And I I also think it's interesting that <coughs> it is a muddy road and not any other obstacle. 
Why? Because they, if it was like, I, I don't know, like a predator in the way or something, I don't know, something mm-hmm. something else that, another reason that the lovely girl could not cross the intersection, would the story be different? Is there something about the, like, when it's raining, there's a sense of, like, uh, urgency, even though it's not actually urgent, it's just water. It's not like it's going to mm-hmm. do anything, but you still they didn't have, have phone batteries to keep alive back then. Yeah, exactly. But they were, they, um, even though there's not a real urgency, they still felt it was urgent enough to break the rules, kind of in air quotes there, mm-hmm. by going near a female. So if it was like, what other obstacle would it be? Okay, but something that would be more intrinsically chivalrous or brave to, and yeah. he's just carrying if, a thing. If there was a if there was a tiger in the way and the monk fought it off, yeah, would that be would this would that make the story a lot different? Hmm. Yeah, I, I think so. I think partially because you could fight the tiger without ever interacting with the girl. Mm-hmm. You could say it was for your own reasons and not for the girl. Mm-hmm. Like the tiger was technically threatening me too. Yeah. But yeah, this one is directly... He is required to make contact with the woman. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know... Just... I don't really know the rules for monks, especially when I, in the time period that this was written in. Mm-hmm. But avoiding females, like, w- like what's the radius? They have to be around 10 feet. <laughs> like, must... No. Near is... It, it, picking her up is definitely within near by any standard, mm-hmm. but... He also, uh, Akito also didn't say we monks aren't allowed to go near females, but we don't go near females, Mm -hmm. which is also interesting because it's suggesting that, and later in the sentence, he suggests that it's not because of any rule. It's because it's dangerous because we might break the rule. Yeah. Which, I mean, have a little faith, Akito. (laughs) Anything else? No, I think that's... Okay. The next one is called The First Principle. Ooh. Uh, how do you want to pronounce this one? The Obaku, Obaku Temple? Okay. Let me see. It links us to something, so... Um, great. The pronunciation is in Chinese. <laughs> that does not help. Okay. I, I guess you'd need to, because Chinese has all the tones or whatever they're called. Like the she is different than she. I think you should give me more examples. I'm not really getting it. Um, okay, I, I I know this from the the poem about the stone tigers. I don't know the what man. you're referring to. Hmm? I don't know what you're referring to. So it's this poem, um, and it's all the same letters with different tones or voices, whatever the specific linguistics word for it is. Um, but if you listen to it, if you just go on YouTube or look in the show notes and listen to it, it's going to sound like Is that like buffalo, 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 buffalo? Basically, but it's an entire story about a man going out to the market and finding five stone lions and fighting the five stone lions with his uh, bow and arrow. That's And then at the end, he retreats back to a cave or something like that. Like, it's a whole... That's pretty cool. Yeah. But it's it's effectively buffalo, 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 buffalo. Just a longer version. Gotcha. Okay. The first principle. 
Obaku, okay. When one goes to the Obaku temple in Kyoto, he sees, he sees carved over the gate the words, the first principle. The letters are unusually large, and those who appreciate calligraphy always admire them as being a masterpiece. They were drawn by Kozen 200 years ago. When the master drew them, he did so on paper, from which workmen made larger carvings in wood. As Kozen sketched the lezer- lezers. As Kozen sketched the letters, a bold pupil was with him, who made several gallons of ink for the calligraphy, and who never failed to criticize his master's work. That is not good, he told Kozen after his first effort. How is that one? Poor. Worse than before, pronounced the pupil. Kozen Kozen patiently wrote one sheet after another until 84 first principles had been accumulated, still without the approval of the pupil. Then the young man stepped outside for a few moments. Kozen thought... Now is my chance to escape his keen eye, and he wrote hurriedly, with a mind free from distraction, the first principle. A masterpiece, pronounced the pupil. Okay, so, on the face of it... Can't get stuff done with somebody all up in your grill. Yeah, like, I I understand this, though. I really don't like it when people are looking over my shoulder when I'm doing work. Mm Mm-hmm. Puts you under a lot of pressure and stuff. But I'm wondering why it's... Because the pupil is criticizing the master, can't the master... Isn't the master, like... Yeah, I I think it's just generally any distraction, though. Like, you and I definitely... He's... Kozen appears to be taking... uh, I I guess he's taking it to heart, you know? As if Mm -hmm. he respected the opinion of the pupil. Yeah. Which is fair, but he... I don't know, I would get frustrated with the pupil, is all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. After 84 tries. <laughs> yeah, that's... And I don't think him just stepping out for a few minutes frees him from distraction, because if it were me, I'd be like, oh, guys, I have to do this before he comes back, and that's the distraction now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think it also speaks to a cultural thing. It's strange that uh, the pupil would 84 times tell the master, no, that's really bad. Mm-hmm. Like, that's even as a... Not to say I'm a master at anything, but as a like lead in AV where I work, most of the time if I say, hey, go do that thing, or stop doing that, please, it hurts my ears, <laughs> uh, the, the, the person I'm training will very quickly. Yeah, because that's the society we are in where the, the person with more authority is respected. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what makes sense logically, I guess, in my head at least. Yeah, I mean it's it's best somewhere in the middle, as with with most well, things. Yeah. But I, I'm not saying that the person should have absolute control over anyone. They have a a small bit of authority over. Yeah, but a proportional amount, perhaps. Hmm. I am actually pretty impressed with um, the workmen that carve the calligraphy into wood. Yeah, because they don't they don't do the art part per se, but mm-hmm. they still. They're not just tracing it because he's writing it on a piece of paper and they're carving it into an alu- uh, unusually large piece of wood. Mm-hmm. Did you ever, um, in art class, did your art teacher ever give you like a portrait of someone and you had to just draw a grid on that portrait and then just copy over the line work as well as you could? I think so, yeah. I'm guessing that's what they did here. They just made the squares mm-hmm. over... They made the the grid smaller on the smaller thing and larger on the larger thing, and then they just 
translated it up. Yeah, that was actually one of the things I was best at in art class was copying what other people did. Yep. Yeah, I definitely got commended on my ability to draw lines someone else had already drawn. <laughs> yeah, I would. I've actually uh, I've noticed this actually. I'm living in the studio is that I am not great at coming up with my original art, but I'm pretty good especially for not having any training whatsoever at mm-hmm. figuring out the technique other people used and oh, yeah. using that to do what they already did mm-hmm. so i could copy so, a line drawing or a pen how well like from memory could you draw a wolf or... from memory very poorly mm-hmm. but if i had an, a picture of a wolf already drawn i could do yeah. that pretty well there are some finesse kind of fancy kind of things that I'm not great at just because I haven't practiced it very much. But mm-hmm. like, if you wanted me to draw a sphere with pen using cross hatching, I could definitely do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one. Sure. This one's called the Real Miracle. Okay, I'm gonna go with Bankai, and oh, let's open in a new tab. Ryuman. Ryuman. Shinshu. Oh, what's that? Is there any yeah. more words? Pinkai. I don't think so. Ten. Amida. Amida. Um, yeah. Okay. This one's called The Real Miracle. When Bankai was preaching at the Ryuman Temple, a Shinshu priest, a Shinshu priest who believed in salvation through the repetition of the name of the Buddha of Love, was jealous of his large audience and wanted to debate with him. Bankai was... N- Bankai was in the midst of a talk when the priest appeared, but the fellow made such a disturbance that Bankai stopped his discourse and asked about the noise. The founder of our sect, boasted the priest, had such miraculous powers that he held a brush in his hand on one bank of the river. His attendant held up a piece of paper on the other bank, and the teacher wrote the holy name of Amida through the air. Can you do such a wonderful thing? Bankai replied lightly, Perhaps, perhaps your fox can perform that trick. But that is not the manner of Zen. My miracle is that when I feel hungry, I eat, and when I feel thirsty, I drink. Uh, I'm having a hard time interpreting this one. Um, so Zen priest is he a priest or just a dude? Bankai was preaching, and somebody else who thought that you achieved enlightenment just by going God, 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 except not that word because it's a different God. Yep. Um wanted to like fight him about it debate yeah and he tells this big story about how oh our our lord has given him the powers of writing in the air or something and bankai is like okay yeah whatever but also i'm good with just being zen and the whole idea with zen is that i am just kind of chill and do what i need to i think it okay i I see what you're saying so he's saying that i really don't need to be able to paint from across a river because that's pretty useless. I can paint on the side of the river if I want to. Mm-hmm. And the real miracle is that I don't, is that I know I don't need to do that and I can just eat when I'm hungry and drink when I'm thirsty. And it, are there, is he implying that other people don't? That's, it is because, he, I mean, miracle does imply that, but he might be saying miracle kind of sarcastically. Yeah, okay. Like, he knows that it's not a feat to be hungry and eat something, but mm-hmm. that's his point, is that you don't need a magic trick. It's just about being 
self-aware and mm-hmm. zen. Yeah. But uh, this the Shinshu priest is pretty rude. Oh yeah. I mean he I mean he stopped in the in the middle of some sort of preaching. It's also interesting though, like okay, let me I gotta gotta get my train of thought all in a row. Okay. Um when we had Milo Yiannopoulos on our campus, um, I ran that event just because I work for the school and he was there and talking. I was not at the actual event. I just heard heard about it because there was a whole fallout that happened. But he um, attacked some people on campus verbally. He, like, put up slides of them and said, hey, look at this person. Aren't they dumb? Um, okay. And that kind of thing. And I think through the throughout his talk, there were people who got up and would just start shouting or, like, chanting. A couple of them would chant, like, the, the hey, hey, ho, ho. And then whoever has got to go, that's a pretty popular political chant in Milwaukee, at least. Okay. Um, so the, the the thing that happened after that was not that they started discussing and Milo was like, oh, but you see, the thing is, when I'm <laughs> hungry, I belittle trans people. And uh, that's that wasn't, they just, security came up and took them out. Right, yeah. So j- just to clarify... Mm-hmm. Uh, is your point that Bankai is doing, e- even though Bankai was rudely interrupted, he is still willing to discuss with the Shinshu priest? Yes. Yeah. Which is not. Which is as things ki- are now. Kind yeah. of a Zen thing to do. Yeah. So I'm wondering about Zen itself now, and maybe it says it in the article, and I just didn't read that part. Mm-hmm. But. The way I understand Zen, which is actually opposed to meditation, in my experience, all the meditation uh, guides that I've tried have all said something along the lines of, if a thought pops into your head while you're meditating, just, that's okay, just dismiss it, Mm -hmm. and go back to clearing your mind. Zen, it seems like you just don't have those thoughts. And the if you are a Zen master, at least if you're a Zen master, the yeah. goal is to not have those thoughts. Because and I think the first step to that is acknowledging that they're there and not giving them any credence. Right. Um, I I scrolled up in the article and it looks like uh, they do define Zen. <laughs> Zen carries many meanings. None of them is entirely definable. If they are defined, they are not Zen. Mm, I disagree with that, <laughs> but. It, I also don't know enough about Zen to say that's incorrect. So yeah, and it almost makes sense. Yeah, just enough weasel words to. Okay, um, nothing exists. Actually, do you want to do a few? Uh, sure. I I was having fun just reading as the person who was not the main <laughs> crux of the story, but um, you just did this because you couldn't pronounce that name. It started, that that was the starting thought. However, the follow-up thought was, maybe Zach wants to read some. Yamaoka Teshu? Yamaoka Teshu. That, yeah. All right. So, nothing exists. Yamaoka Teshu, as a young student of Zen, visited one master after another. He called upon Dokun of Shikoku. Desiring to show his attainment, he said, The mind, Buddha, and sentient beings, after all, do not exist. The true nature of phenomena is emptiness. There is no realization, no delusion, no sage, no mediocrity. There is no giving and nothing to be received. 
Dokun, who was smoking quietly, said nothing. Suddenly, he whacked Yamaoka with his bamboo pipe. This made the youth quite angry. If nothing exists, inquired Dokun, where did this anger come from? Oh, man. Yeah, definitely things exist. I At least enough to make Zen hard things exist. I think the point is more that you can say that things don't exist, but you don't actually believe it if yeah. a dude can smack you and you get angry. I agree. Because I think then the implication is that a true Zen master, like Dokun, would not get angry if someone hit him with a bamboo pipe. <laughs> That's true Zen. <laughs> That's the definition of Zen. I imagine, like, a driver's ed test, except they just hit you with a bamboo pipe and <laughs> see if you get angry. <laughs> okay, but the... I, I think that there is something good that this speaks to, that Zen is not testable, that you can't... Yeah, I, I agree. Because you, because can't, this, you this, can just not get angry without being Zen as well. This boy is, um, I, I am assuming, student, I suppose, mm-hmm. uh, was... He, he could say all the words. He could parrot back, oh, yes, there is nothing. I have achieved enlightenment. But... You're right. And the rest of these don't... The rest of the stories, so far at least, haven't said anything about nothing existing. This is the first mention of that, so I'm wondering if that's even a part of the nature of Zen. If this man is, this young student is just trying to become Zen via this thinking. Mm-hmm. He thought, oh, Zen is kind of like not caring, and not caring is achieved by thinking nothing exists. We all live in a simulation. Well, even if that's true, like... That's that's the modern-day Zen, is just believing wholeheartedly that we're in a simulation, so let's just have fun before the server shuts down. <laughs> they, don't have, they don't have backup batteries, or we can't be sure of that. I'd... What do you think... Oh, gosh, I didn't even think about that. Hold on. Okay, so here's something, Zach. Okay. If we're living in a simulation... Yep. And it's some sort of computer... Yep. Right? That computer is not necessarily powered by electricity. In fact, electricity may not even exist outside of the simulation. Right. Therefore, our current... Elon Musk is paying people to try to break out of the simulation, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. They might be going about it all wrong, because they're trying general, like, hacker ways, like causing stack overflows or uh, SQL injections. Wait, really? I assume so. Like, th- how else <laughs> would you do it? Because, But we don't know anything about the simulation, so we can't cause a... Even if we did cause a stacker overflow, we wouldn't know what that would mean. Mm-hmm. Maybe we already have, and they just rebooted the server and set it back to a save state. Oh, no. And then they just changed a few variables so that that same situation doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. And then they just keep doing that until... Ah, oh, Zach. Oh, no. We're never going to get out. <laughs> well, okay, but there there are... There are viruses that have been engineered to escape from virtual machines. But the virtual machines still use electricity. That's the difference, Zach. We don't even know that much. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What's the term for the smallest unit of measure? Planck's constant. Yeah, Planck's constant. I think most of the arguments for us being in a simulation are based on, to some degree, Planck's constant. Yep. Just something so very, very small, but not technically infinitesimally small. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, like, it's the, I don't really know where I'm going with this train of thought. 
But yeah, just like I think basically if like Minecraft voxels or the the um, polygons in GTA Five right. were all the smallest size for every edge that we could make them, mm-hmm. it would still be there would still be some minimum amount. Which is just how computers work. There has to be some sort of smallest unit. Yeah. There needs to be a unit of some sort. Can we even imagine a computation-based system without one of those? Because computers are really bad at infinity. That's why right. there is very there are very few things that are actually infinity in our universe. It's, um, yeah, there, it's, uh... It's one and a bunch of zeros, I'm pretty sure. That That's what is. That's infinity in a computer. I, give me one second. I'll bring it up. Not the ASCII symbol. <laughs> no, not the ASCII symbol. I was just learning about this, actually. How to Unicode, represent infinity ASCII, in a computer. ASCII. My bad. Uh, no. This one, smallest, middle, largest. Yeah, positive infinity. It's... um. Eight ones, and then... Okay, but we can't use it, is the... Everything else is zeros. We, we, it's not used in computation. It's like, the universe isn't infinitely big. It's very, so incredibly large that we can't even imagine it, but yeah. not infinitely. Because if it was, and we know that for a fact, because if it was, then our... The night sky would just be sun, would just be stars, and would be very, very bright. Mm-hmm. Same thing, the same logic applies to the universe isn't infinitely old. Oh, but isn't there... Because if it was, then all the light from the other stars and galaxies will have already reached us, and our night sky would be very, very bright. Hmm. Because if you think about it, if you pointed in a direction in the night sky, right, and if the universe was infinitely old and or large... If you just kept going in that direction, Some, yeah, somewhere along eventually that factor. you would get to a star. Okay. That's less convincing for the old one than the large one, because old, couldn't that star just have decayed? Yeah, I suppose. But if it, I mean, we also don't know how the universe, uh, we think right now that the universe is still expanding from that initial starting point. Mm-hmm. And we don't know if it's going to get to, we technically don't know if it's going to get to a point where it stops expanding. Yep. Or if it's going to get smaller after that, or if it's going to keep going, but just slower and slower and slower until it's basically not moving. If mm-hmm. it's going to like logarithm plateau, yeah. or if it's going to like do some weird sign function kind of thing where it goes. They can't see your hand, Steven. You can, though. You can describe it. Uh, I can't. Wibbly wobbly. A sign function was a pretty good way of describing it. It just pulses. Yeah. Anyway, this isn't Zen. It might be. It might be modern day Zen. Is I th- Zen I not think... modern day? Hmm. I think it might be a modern application of okay. Zen. Because it seems, at least from these, uh, that a, a bit of Zen is just achieving an understanding of what you can and cannot accomplish and conceive. Okay, yeah. So you're saying like knowing your limits or more than that? Yeah, basically knowing your limits and knowing and being okay with where your knowledge and your ability stops. That's a good point. So I think we still need to find those limits to be okay with them. Oh, wow. I didn't think about that. That's a good point. There. There we go. Scientists (laughs) are actually just Zen masters. I I think particular scientists are Zen masters. (laughs) 
Only the ones dealing with theoretical physics. The rest mm-hmm. of them... rest of them, there's too much real life in my math. <laughs> I cannot stand for it. I will deal with theoretic- theoretical physics or... Um, uh, what's the term for non-applicable mathematics? Isn't it just theoretical it, mathematics? It, it might be. I thought there was another word. There might not be, though. There was definitely a mathematician that I read about who was angry that somebody found an application for, like, set theory or something. <laughs> yeah, I, saw, I remember seeing that, too. It diminishes the purity Pure of mathematics. It. Pure mathematics, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I was watching a video about group theory last night. What's group theory? It's, um, the basics of it is uh, finding symmetries and calling them groups. So groups of symmetries it would be like, here, I have a cube right here. So okay. uh, if these were all the same color, I'm holding a Rubik's cube and they're all different colors. But if they yep. were all the same color and I rotated it 90 degrees, it would look exactly the same. Right. That's a symmetry. And if you, now if you applied the colors and rotated it 180 degrees and then rotated it 90 degrees in a different uh, axis, mm-hmm. it's the same as flipping it diagonal yeah and the i those relationships try to explain this without the cube in your hand because i feel like i'm understanding it but because of the cube okay um okay listeners you can if you have your phone on you which you almost certainly do because you're listening to a podcast um so your phone has two sides right it has it has more than that but generally you use two sides of the phone there's the front and the back Mm mm-hmm if you hold it with the front side facing up and flip it... Like, towards you? Towards yourself, yeah. So, and then... Do, so the back's facing up now. So the back's facing up, and the... Because not all phones are the same. I'm trying to figure out how to say... Okay, the so the top of the phone is facing you, and the, and the back of the phone is facing up. And then you flip it again, but on the other axis, so... Um, like, usually from, where the... From right to left, if you flip it. Volume ports are? Yeah. And then your volume. So now your phone buttons should have the top facing you and the front side up. That series of flips is the same as rotating the phone 180 degrees. Okay. Yeah. Just spinning it on the single. Yeah. Uh, axis about its center. And the group theory is the study of those relationships between um, different symmetries with 3D objects. So it's like a Not topography nec- thing. Not necessarily. It could be n-dimensional objects. Okay. And then, so af- technically topography is n-dimensional as well, if you apply it right, which yeah. is the real fun thing. <laughs> so the fun part about group theory is that you can apply it to just normal normal numbers. So if you, you just, instead of saying uh, plus is, so if you say two plus one, you're not adding two sheep plus one sheep to get three sheep. You're not counting anymore. You're making plus an action. Okay. And that action is sliding on a number line. Yep. Instead of applying it to real objects, you're not counting technically anymore. You're just sliding until it gets to the third. You, you slide three units. Mm-hmm. And then that's and then you do the same thing for multiplying, except now it's stretching a number line. Yeah. So where one was, or... Where if you say one times three, now you have the one in where the three p- 
part usually is, but zero is still in the same spot because something multiplied by zero is zero. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the real fun part, and I've already I've said the real fun part a few times, but the actually fun <laughs> part is when you apply that to the complex plane. Oh, okay. So, and now you get rotations as well. So if you multiply something by an imaginary number, you rotate it. So one times I will rotate about zero, about the origin of the complex plane, from one yep. to I, which is... And then really direct- quick, the complex plane for people who haven't gone, um, haven't done this chunk of math is basically like your Cartesian plane. It's getting like the X and Y yep. coordinates, except one of them is real numbers and one of them is imaginary. So what happens when you get the square root of one? Yeah, so I is the imaginary number, awful name, but it's what we got. Um, So I is directly above zero, just as one is directly to the right of zero. Yep. And when you multiply one by I, you're rotating 90 degrees counterclockwise to I. Mm -hmm. So thinking about it back on the... I'm going to put a... Just to, to map to the Cartesian grid... If you've got something like a one on the x-axis, mm-hmm. it would be like spinning the whole thing so that that dot was now on the y-axis. Right. And I'm gonna put except a, they're real and imaginary. A few vis- I'm gonna put a few visuals in the show notes just so listen because I'm lost. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's group theory is just and there's all sorts of applications for group theory. Not and it's and just it saying that if you numbers. so it's like um oh god I can't think of the word but. 1 plus 2 is the same as 2 plus 1, commutative. Yep, that's part of it. Also, yep. one, 2 plus 1 is the same as 1 times 3. It's studying those relationships as well. Oh, okay. Or 2 plus 3i is the same as, you know, what... Uh, I'm trying yeah, to, what, some complex math that... 1 plus 1.5i times 2. Yeah. And that's actually... And the video I'm probably going to put in the show notes... Is applying it to Euler's equation. E to the i pi equals negative one. Oh. And he's he looks at how an exponent to an imaginary power works mm-hmm. using group theory, using those rotations and stretching and yeah sliding. I was trying to figure out a physics problem and I looked up the answer and the answer used Euler's equation as like a substitute <laughs> for a sine. It was real ugly. It's the best. Apparently, there's just some like. There's some like, there's like hundreds of proofs for Euler's equation, but, <laughs> and they verge from like one liners to like 17 page proofs mm-hmm. that Euler's equation is correct. <laughs> and, but yeah, like the simplest one I've found is using vectors. Yeah. And it, it's basically saying that vectors in complex space. Yeah. If yeah. you, if you have a position E to the I something. That'll put you on a unit circle on the complex plane. Okay. So e to the i zero would put you at um, one, right? Yeah. And then the only and it has to be e because once you get because of the exponent because of it's an exponent and e is its own derivative. Mm-hmm. It's basically saying if the vector is the rate. I'm not really good at vectors to be honest, but mm-hmm. basically it's saying. The derivative of that function has to be its own position if you're going mm-hmm. on the unit circle. Otherwise, it's going to spiral. Gotcha. Or spiral in. or spi- But it has to be right on that. W- it has to be one for it to mm-hmm. be on the unit circle. 
Except mm. not unit circle because it's in the complex plane. I'm not really sure what that's called. Is it still a unit circle if it's going from one to I? I think to unit circle one? just means that it has a length of or a radius of one. Yeah, but at some points it has a radius of I. Mm. <laughs> Which is very confusing. However, it it is the same idea. If you set the physical distance of if you scale the physical distance of I to be to the same as one, even though yeah. they can't really be compared. <laughs> yeah, you can't say I is greater than or less than one. It does not it's just not how it works. So I think another part of Zen is accepting that complex <laughs> numbers are complex. And uh, yeah, acknowledging you, that thought. You just can't and then compare them. Letting it out of your mind. <laughs> Wait, can you compare complex numbers at all? Uh like three plus two i compared to four plus one i uh i was thinking if both numbers were bigger is that technically greater because i don't think it is hmm because i if you i mean obviously you can't put it on a real number line but if you could it could still be a fraction and that wouldn't necessarily be true then so i don't think you can compare complex numbers at all you can't say one is bigger than another than another huh but you can say that 2i is greater than i. So <laughs> so maybe, like, you could say, no, I'm going to Google it. All right. In Python, that's interesting. Is it a proof for Euler's identity in Python? No, it's comparing complex numbers in Python. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, yeah, uh, Python just has a complex class. <laughs> of course it does. So does Go, I think. Okay, hold on. Just let me read through this quick. It's in the math stack exchange. Ooh. Oh, here, wait, what? That's not a good answer. <laughs> okay, so it tells you to say which is farther away from zero. So if you mm -hmm. drew a line from there and measured that, basically taking a Pythagorean theorem... Yeah. If you can effectively compare that, then you can say so one it's, is it's larger like than another. You could also say that a point in the Cartesian grid is larger than another just based on... Yeah, how far away it is from the origin. Okay. Also, I'm learning about set theory, and Cartesian grid is actually just a whole bunch of Cartesian products. That's what it means. <laughs> oh, wait. Hold on, though, Zach. Here, okay. Here's a flaw in that logic. It... By that logic, negative 2 should be greater than 1. Because mm. it's farther away from 0. Mm -hmm. What it should be is it's farther away from, from negative infinity, or closer to infinity, which yeah. is hard to measure. <laughs> I guess you could say that negative 2 is negative, but it's the still... The absolute value of both is... Yeah, but you shouldn't take the absolute value if you want an accurate comparison. Yeah. But how do you apply that to complex numbers? So if you have negative 2 plus i, is that larger or smaller than positive 1 plus i? I would say smaller because it's closer to negative infinity. But also, I, th I think the infinity definition works, actually. But you have to do it visually. On, like, if you, you had to plot it for it to work, I think. So its location in on the i-axis doesn't have any pertaining to whether it's greater no, it or not? It does. It's just that 
I'm going to say negative infinity plus zero i. So if you have negative uh, 2 plus i and negative 2 plus 2i, negative 2 plus i is less than negative 2i because the line from that what about, point um, to infinity. What about negative 2 oh, yeah, plus right. i and negative 2 minus 2i? Oh, no. Okay, it'll be... The distance to the one that's closer to negative infinity plus negative infinity i. Okay. In the far left hand corner, the one that's closest to that yeah. is least. Okay. Okay, I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> Should we move Even on? That's not an actual mathematical definition. It is. I'm declaring it. That's how math okay. works. Where's cool. my gavel? <laughs> so back to Zen. <laughs> so Josu, jo, jo, Joshu's washing the bowl. That Joshu's is possessive, by the way. It's his washing of the bowl. Okay, and not that he is washing the bowl. Makes sense. Wait, okay. it might be, though. Because it could be a conjunction. Joshu is yeah. washing the bowl. I guess we'll read it and find out. A monk told Joshu, I have just entered this monastery. I beg you to teach me. Joshu asked, Have you eaten your rice porridge? The monk replied, I have. Then, said Joshu, go and wash your bowl. At that moment, the monk was enlightened. Uh, Mumon's comment. Joshu opened his mouth, showed his gallbladder, true mind, and the depth of his heart. If this monk did not really listen and grasp the truth, he indeed mistook the bell for a pitcher. He made it so simple and clear. It might take a long time to catch the point if one realizes that it's stupid to search for fire with a lantern light. The rice would not take so long to be done. What? Yeah. Okay, I thought the last one was confusing, but this one... Okay, let's go through it step by step here. So, I have just entered this monastery. I beg you to teach me. Yeah. Have you eaten your rice porridge? I have. Then go wash your bowl. So... Is this an extension of, I'm hungry, so I eat. My bowl is dirty, so I wash it? Yeah, but... Or maybe it's that he just, like, finished his porridge, and he goes up to the to Joshu, and he's like, my phone just fell. He did not say that to Joshu. Uh, so he goes up to Joshu right after eating his porridge, and he's like, enlighten me. And the monk is like, please clean your bowl before you start getting enlightened. No, it said at that moment the monk was enlightened before he even washed his bowl. Okay. So Joshu opened his mouth, showed his true mind and the depths of his heart. If this monk did not really listen to and grasp the truth, he indeed mistook the bell for a pitcher. So, I'm going to say bell is a metaphor for, like, a signal of some sort. Mm Mm-hmm. And pitcher is just a misuse of a bell. So, he's misusing the He could have misused the signal by misreading what Joshi was talking about, as I think I currently am. Um, Yeah. He made it so simple and clear... It might take a long time to catch the point if one realizes that it's stupid to search for a fire with a lantern light. Wait, so it's a new thought. If one realizes that it's stupid to search for a fire with a lantern light, the rice would not take so long to be done. Okay, the rice is referring to the fire used to make the rice, right? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. The rice would not take so long to be done if you could just use the lantern light to start a fire. Right. Okay, 
uh, this is this punctuation is just the worst. Mm-hmm. It might take a long time to catch the point. That should be a, is that a semicolon? Maybe. Or a colon? Okay. R- currently, it's just a comma, listener, and it's hard to. They're all just commas except for the last line, which is a period. But these are not dependent for uh, clauses. Mm-hmm. So he showed his gallbladder and the the depth of his heart. When they say the depth of his heart, the, do they mean how good he is at loving? I, I, I'm. I feel like I'm even further out of my depth than you. I don't. If this monk did not really listen to and grasped and grasp the truth. Or maybe, is the he the monk or Joshu? Did Joshu, Joshu think that showed... the did Joshu think that the monk was ready to be enlightened, but he was not actually, and that's who is doing the mistaking? Oh. Yes, I think you're right. So, the monk is doing the signaling, the bell, that is. Mm-hmm. So he's saying that... Let's replace the pronouns here. If this monk did not really listen to and grasp the truth, Joshu indeed mistook the bell for a pitcher. That doesn't clear anything up. Not really. But (laughs) we could... Let's apply that technique to other things, like the line before that. Joshu opened Joshu's mouth, I assume. (laughs) Yeah. But but if you replace it with the monk, the sentence still makes sense, I think. Joshu opened the monk's mouth, showed the monk, the monk's gallbladder, and the de- the depth of the monk's heart. It makes sense. I don't really know how to apply it to the to the actual story, though. Yeah. So a monk told Joshu, "I have just entered the monastery. I beg you to teach me." Maybe just wanting to learn Zen is enough for enough for Joshu to. Hmm. Joshu asked, have you eaten your rice porridge? What could that be a metaphor for? Like the first steps? Like you're definitely, you you are not totally new. You have not just entered the the monastery. Because you've at least been here. Long enough to eat the rice porridge, right? Then go and wash your bowl. Yeah, I, sorry listener, I don't think we're going to get this one. Oh yeah, it's. If you have any thoughts when we fi- finally release this. Uh, please write in. We are hopeless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least I am. I shouldn't. Speak if you to the yourself are a true, if you yourself are a true Zen master, please uh-huh. uh, enlighten yeah. us. Yes. Or tell us a story that will lead to enlightening. Mm-hmm. Or tell us to wash our dishes. Okay, this is the last one. Okay. Uh, do you want to, or should I? You can. Okay, this one's called "A Smile in His Lifetime." Oh, we never went back to the uh, title of this one. Of the last Joshu's one. washing the bowl. Joshu is definitely not washing the bowl, so I think it is possessive. Right. Yeah. So his washing of the bowl. Yeah. Uh, okay, it's not clearing anything up either. Never mind. I I, th- I thought I was onto something with that. It's the your your bowl is dirty, so wash it. As a continuation of I am hungry, so I eat. Maybe. But the the comment after, I don't know. Which is the the Moomin's comment? You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely makes things less apparent, which, I mean, it's not apparent if it's false, so I guess technically more apparent. Mm-hmm. Okay. This one's called A Smile in His Lifetime. Uh, Mokugan? I'm gonna go with Mokugan. 
Yeah. Mokugan was never known to smile until his last day on Earth. When his time came to pass away, he said to his faithful, he said to his faithful ones, You have studied under me for more than ten years. Show me your real interpretation of Zen. Whoever expresses this most clearly shall be my successor and receive my robe and bowl. Everyone watched Mokugan's severe face, but no one answered. Encho, a disciple who had been with his teacher for a long time, moved near the bedside. He pushed forward the medicine cup a few inches. That was his answer to the command. The teacher's face became even more severe. Is that all you understand? he asked. Encho, wait, is that how I said it before? Encho? Sure. Encho reached out and moved the cup back again. A beautiful smile broke over the features of Mokugan. You rascal, he told Encho. You've worked with me ten years and have not yet seen my whole body. Take my robe and bowl. They belong to you. Um. Okay. This one makes more sense than the other one, I think. Oh? I'm 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 at a loss. Okay, well it's it's Encho's interpretation of Zen, right? So it's moving the medicine cup a little bit and then moving it back. But he doesn't do it until Mokugan said that asked him if that's all he understood severely, apparently. Right. So Enchu Enchu Encho is uh he's It makes sense in my head, but I can't put it into words, and I think that's totally the point of Zen, so there. Yeah, that's Zen. All right, well, Stephen's achieved enlightenment. There we go. All done. I'm still I'm still trying to figure it out. It's not quite true, though, because I still really want to put it into words, and I think that is against Zen. It'll pra- probably take me 10 years, would you say? 20? 30? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think that'll be all for this week. <laughs> <laughs> this out of time episode um no if, I, if, I can't think of anything if you've achieved zen to the point where you have surpassed not being able to express it um you don't need to express it but you can and you want to enlighten us uh you can certainly enlighten me on twitter i'm at the puns guy and i'm at not Stephen barry if um, you feel like giving up all your material possessions, please consider donating to our Patreon. Right, yeah. That will be in the show notes, along with our Bitcoin and Zcash addresses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bitcoin would be easier as like a lump sum. Yeah. Because Patreon, you can't just give everything right. it has in to, one. It has to be monthly or episodely, yeah. or I forget what we have it set up as. Monthly. Okay. So, if you feel like donating your worldly possessions monthly... Go on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Slowly, slowly achieve Zen by... As in the true spirit of Zen. Yeah. Slowly. You can't just lump some Zen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we don't know when this is going to get released, but when it does, uh, we'll see you in a fortnight. One good worrying bugs fortnight. Goodbye. Goodbye.